following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to transform your life. Welcome to Direct Connect Empowerment with your host, Fee Mazanke. Our program will explore the concepts and ideas behind Direct Connect Coaching by introducing guests who are using or are aligned with this program and have used the ideas to transform their lives. It is our sincere hope that you can use this inspiration to do the same. Now, here is Fee Mazanke. Welcome, everyone, and thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Fee Mazanke. And first, I'm really happy to report two very powerful results with the Boomerang Movement I received information this week about. Um, For those of you who don't know, I will catch you up. The Boomerang Movement is something that we are really passionate about here on Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee. And um, it's actually throwing out what you want so that you get it back. And so we're using the visual of a boomerang. You know, you throw out the boomerang so that you can get it back. And it can be in a wide variety of areas. It can be in sales results, managerial results, any type of leadership concepts. For kids, I do this with my children all the time, certainly on tests or uh, in any of their athletic endeavors. We, I always ask them, what do you want today? What do you want to experience today? And it's, uh, it's really being consciously aware of throwing out what you want. So both of these are examples are from clients of mine. And uh, after clearing some of the roadblocks with both of these women who are clients, the first client is a sales manager, and she trains a group of salespeople. And last week, she sat down and journaled the specific results that she wanted from her team, and uh, she was happy to report that she got those results. So that was a really great boomerang for her. The second person is uh, a saleswoman, and she set very clear intentions about the results that she wanted. She was actually in a, a weekend seminar and uh, also a, a doing a presentation that, that she was want, uh, wanting to deliver and a second presentation where there were actual opportunities for sales results. And she got those intentions fulfilled. So that was a very exhilarating boomerang as well. So be sure to throw out your boomerang of what you want and let me know how it goes. If you need help in removing any of the roadblocks, just send me an email at fee at directconnectcoaching.com. And today, our topic is a really wonderful topic. Uh, It is called Create Greater Self-Awareness with the Berkman Method. And my special guest is Sharon Berkman Fink. Thanks for joining us today, Sharon. We're so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you, Fee. I'm delighted to be here. And let me just tell you a little bit about Sharon. Um, Sharon is the president and CEO of Berkman International Incorporated, which is the developer of the Berkman Method, a leadership and team development tool 
tool that reveals the motivators that drive behavior and improve workplace performance. Sharon assumed her position in 2002, which was a planned transition within the company, and the company was founded by her father, Dr. Roger Berkman, 63 years ago. And we, Sharon, uh, myself and the listening audience, we offer our condolences. Sharon's father just passed last month, and the Berkman community lost its founder, but in it, uh, he has left an incredible legacy behind that we all get to rally around and really uh, move into a whole new level uh, due to his passing. Sharon's also a graduate, a 2007 graduate of the Owner-President Management Program at Harvard Business School, and she is the author of The Berkman Method, Your Personality at Work. Now, Berkman International has continued to flourish under the leadership of Sharon. The Berkman Questionnaire is currently in 22 different languages and spans the globe, reaching individuals and teams to be more effective. The Berkman Report is a positive psychology tool for executive coaching, career development and transition, team building, hiring, and retention. I personally use the Berkman Method for all of my clients to support them in being aware of their strengths and passions which energize them. I also use it for couples to help understand each other fundamentally, for teens, especially in high school and college, to help them understand what subjects support their interests what they want to major in, uh, for athletes who th- to take the guesswork out of coaching them, and in businesses with individuals and groups so that managers and coworkers can relate in a more effective manager, uh, manner. And I'd like to start today, Sharon, by asking you a, l- a little bit about the history of the Berkman and how your father came up with the idea to develop this amazing tool. That's a wonderful question. It was a, it was a combination of things. Firstly, he he mentions often uh, used to often talk about his experiences as a B seventeen bomber pilot during the Second World War. When the men would return from these very dangerous missions, he did nineteen of those. And when the the flyers would come back, he would notice how the way they recounted the mission and what they chose to describe the their perceptions if you will of the whole adventure varied depending on who was telling the the story and they were all giving a truthful account but each one had different priorities and different ways to see what they had just done so that planted some seeds of thought about how powerful human perceptions are and how having different views of the same situation can be a very important, valuable thing. When he came back to the the United States after the war had ended, he was able to study psychology. He had actually started school before he left, was in the middle of college. When he came back, he chose psychology because organizational business psychology, to be precise, was actually, at that time, a whole new exciting wave of thinking about using this information. It's been around now for so many decades that we tend to forget there was a time when this was brand new. So uh, around the late 40s, early 50s, Ivy League schools, uh, Deming, Drucker, uh, Warren Bennis, many of these Maslow, uh, these thinkers started saying, hey, you know, psychiatry and understanding people is not simply for 
therapeutic purposes, in other words, clinical psychology. We can actually help people in the workplace if we take some of these insights about understanding social thinking, social communities, people in general, how they relate to each other, and we start taking some of these insights into the workforce. Now, remembering that, you know, America hadn't been damaged like Europe had or Japan had by the war, so things over here took off pretty rapidly, and and he was in the right place at the right time. So uh, in the late 40s, he completed his master's and then soon afterward his doctorate in organizational psychology at University of Texas from U of H to UT, and... Uh, at that time, his dissertation was called A Test of Social Comprehension because what he started to realize is that there was, there was an enormous amount of power in asking people questions about how they saw themselves and how they viewed other people and that when you put those two perspectives together and then you add interest as well, which was added shortly afterward that, uh, after that time, you really can get some amazing information that helps people understand themselves and those that they're working with. So that's how it all got started back in the late 40s, early 50s. And what forward thinking he had at that time to, you know, to have those inspired ideas at that time. It's really, truly remarkable. It really is. He um, he noticed that most of, and, and even to this day, most of the assessments that are out in the marketplace, and many of them are, you know, quite interesting and quite valid, but for the most part, they just ask people to describe themselves. What's unique about the Berkman is that we know that human beings don't exist in isolation. And so who we are as people, as individuals, is is so important in terms of how we relate to everybody around us, the, the people that we live with, the people that we work with, um, understanding how we get along in a social context, if you will, is, is really a key part of of leadership insight and of teamwork. So when he started putting those two things together, not just self, but most people as well, and then added that third dimension of what do you really love to do? doesn't matter whether you're good at it or not, but what really gets you engaged and energizes you, and Berkman calls that our interests. When you put those three together, you get a multidimensional, really broad and deep understanding of yourself and others. Sure, and it provides so much depth and breadth to knowing people and knowing yourself, obviously. It does. And the- See, and when, you, uh, when you're also more aware and better able to manage yourself, you can avoid spending as much time feeling like you're in, in a stress mode. Uh, self-management is, you know, just like a, if, if, if a person needs a certain amount of sleep or a certain kind of nutrition, when they manage that, they feel better when they know about it. And uh, Berkman is very much an assessment that emphasizes that positive side of self-awareness and self-management. Right, definitely. And, and Sharon, I know the meaning of Berkman is significant, too. Can you share that with us? 
I'd love to. Uh, a few years ago, in fact, it was you mentioned that I was at the OPM program at Harvard. Well, my class wanted to give a gift to Dad because we had actually used the Berkman method as part of the the OD work, the organizational development side of our Harvard curriculum. Uh, they one of the, the gifts that they had chosen to give to all the faculty and wanted to give one to Dad as well was a, an artist who designed trees made. Uh, out of stone and this very fine wire. So in a catalog, and each he, he showed all the different kinds of trees that he could sculpt. When I flipped to the page that said a birch tree, I, I, my jaw dropped because I knew that the German meaning from from you know 150 years ago when Dad's ancestors came over here on a boat, the Birkman Birkman meant birch man. And the, and the way he described the birch tree, he said he showed a beautiful sculpture of two trees standing side by side. And he, and he mentioned that the birch tree has to grow in relationship to another tree in order to thrive. Uh, and, and, or even in what they call a birch stand, you know, a, a group of birches. And I thought, whoa, how perfect is that for Berkman, for our namesake, to be about the fact that none of us can, can be successful or survive or even thrive without somebody else that compliments us. Uh, we really, you know, Berkman is all about how differing styles do so well when when you've got salt and pepper not not two salts not two peppers but one of each and we so we we really do help teams see how each person brings a different kind of strength or can bring and and if we understand that and don't get upset or defensive about those differences that team can go a long way and certainly the awareness of those differences among a team just allows that team to flow and, and build and work together so much more effectively. It really does. It really does. And I think so often, in fact, I think, see, in the majority of situations, most people, most of the time, are really trying their hardest to get it right. Um, and, and when we get upset when things don't seem to be going well, we can't get along with someone, so often it's not really anyone that's at fault. It's the lack of understanding that's at fault. Uh, once we know that sometimes their, their need may be totally opposite to what we like or what we need. So even though the golden rule works really well in many, many cases, it doesn't work if, if I, for example, thrive on a lot of alone time, but my you know, the, my colleague really loves being in lots of group meetings, and that's how they get their, you know, their, their batteries charged. Uh, but I get frustrated because I'm having to be in meetings for too many hours of the day. Or they get frustrated because I'm, I'm not communicating enough. You know, those are the kind of things that oftentimes drive a wedge between colleagues or even between married couples. And uh, once, once you can just name it and see it in a non-judgmental way, the light bulbs start to go off. And I really appreciate that so much about the Berkman, Sharon, because I can tell you what happens when people, you know, get a feedback session and, and review their reports is that they are able to move through judgments they may have and self-judgments they have about yeah. about themselves. And then in a team atmosphere, then they can do the same. And it's really exciting to see that. 
Exactly. I think one of the biggest, most important things, in, in my view, that we do with Berkman is we try to enable people to take the judgment out. And, and, mm-hmm. and that gets you over the hurt feelings or the defensiveness that come in so easily if we just don't know what's going on. But once, once we can see that and just objectify it and put a little science behind it, we go, oh, you know, in fact, I, I had a wonderful experience. I was standing in line to see a speaker in New York City, and a lady behind me heard my name. She said, wait, is that Berkman of the Berkman Method? And I said, yes, it is. And she said, oh, I have to tell you, uh, I work in New York City, at the, and this happened to be at the Junior League. And she said, the Berkman was amazing for me because it helped me see that a lady that I'd been having trouble with for years that actually she was a real contributor to the team. I just wasn't understanding her style and her point of view. And once once I got that understanding, I knew she wasn't out to annoy me, and now we get along famously. Wow, what a what a benefit and what an advantage. It is, and actually that, that's one very, um, very real and striking example, but honestly, I think I've heard that 500 times, and it's, a, it's always wonderful to hear people say that. Oh, I'm sure it's such a heartwarming experience to hear, uh, especially knowing that your father developed this uh, so many, many years ago, and it's been virtually unchanged uh, since that time that he developed it 63 years ago, um, other than the updates with technology, of course. And uh, we're going to uh, talk about uh, a little bit more specifics about the meat and potatoes around the Berkman and, and how it's remained uh, so suitable over time. Uh, when we get back, we've got to take a quick break uh, before that time, but um, you are listening to Direct Connect Empowerment with V and my very special guest today, Sharon Berkman Fink. on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment do you want to directly impact your business results improve the quality of your life learn to empower yourself or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself if so directly connect with Fee Mazanki at Direct Connect Coaching Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. Thanks for joining us today. And I am, uh, my special guest today is Sharon Berkman Fink of The Berkman Method. And before the break, I had posed the question to Sharon about uh, how the Berkman has remained so suitable over time as it was developed 63 years ago by her father, Dr. Roger Berkman, and how this method has remained so suitable and uh, over, the, over these many, many years. Yes, they they actually used a questionnaire that had a few more adult idioms on it in the very beginning. About oh, let's see, twenty years into the history, they uh, Dad and his and his primary researchers had an opportunity to do a special session, a special research project for some men that were incarcerated. And what they realized as they gave him these paper questionnaires to fill out is that many of these struggled with literacy. So they, Dad went through the questionnaire again and took the same set of questions about self and others and just put it in the most simple, fundamental, basic language that they could come up with. The advantage, they, they realized, the psychologist thought, you know, it's not only easier to understand because anybody can always come down to a more basic or simpler language level, but mm-hmm. also it make, made it easier to translate, and that was before any translations had yet been done. So from that point on, and that was probably about mid, mid-60s, around 1966-67, uh, the same questionnaire has been used all these years, and, and it's amazing how reliably it continues to track. Uh, we, we also, people frequently ask us, don't I need to take it again because, you know, I took it at 22 and now I'm 45 and I've learned so much and I think I've changed so much, I, I feel I ought to retake the questionnaire. Generally, what we advise is you can if you want, but we really don't find it necessary. It's so fundamental and robust in terms of the core information about kind of the essence of, of human behavior and what, we, what we're fascinated by and interested in that what we have found statistically is it changes very little really over time. We can adapt. I think what happens is we, we tend to get more comfortable being who we are and in our own skin and with our own styles. Therefore, we feel like we've made huge changes since we were in middle school or high school. But the reality is that, you know, the true essence of the, you know, our bone structure, our DNA, our eye color, it doesn't really change with time. And Berkman is able to capture with personality a lot of that essence. Right. And Sharon, I actually ha- received a text message question from someone who is not able to listen live, and she was really curious. She said, I am a fan of the Berkman, and I'm wondering if Sharon can tell us how those seemingly innocuous and somewhat <laughs> random questions can, re- can reveal so much about us. It's very intriguing. 
Oh, I'm laughing because, yeah, we get, the most common question I get probably overall is, and, and the word always starts with an S. It's either simple, stupid, or silly. It's like, how on earth did you gather all of that really amazing information from those simple, silly, or stupid questions that you asked me on that test? It, and frankly, it's not a test. You know, it, we, we like, it, test is convenient. It's a nice short word that we, we, we tend to hear and use. But the truth of the matter is, it, it's really an assessment, and, that, and it can't be called a test truly because it's impossible to pass or fail it. You know, it, they're, they're not right or wrong, but there are important differences. Uh, the way, it's, it's pretty opaque, and, and one of the strengths of the Berkman is that people have no idea the, 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 the philosophy behind why they're being asked certain questions in certain ways, and sometimes in the same question, similar questions in different ways, but that, that is calculated, and it does load into the intensity of the response, and it is important. So, but, it, you know, I, I'm smiling here because it's, it's something that we hear just all the time. People are astounded. They, they don't expect that wealth and depth of information from those innocuous, seemingly simple little questions. Right, and it, and the accuracy level is so high as a result of the questions being asked <laughs> yeah. in different ways as well. <laughs> that's right, and, you know, and that's our secret sauce. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to go into too much of the thinking behind it. Also, because we don't want to prejudice uh, someone's ability to have a, a good experience, taking it fresh and knowing what you know. If if you know too much, the the magician is never going to tell you exactly how he does the magic trick. Right. Right, that's a great example, great analogy. Can you describe the myriad of uses that you see in your daily activities where mm. the Berkman is applied, Sharon? Oh, I love that question. One of the things that um, last year, uh, a wonderful writer who's still at the Wall Street Journal and has been for 20-some-odd years, Stephanie Caporell, and I had the, had the joy of collaborating on a book called The Berkman Method, Your Personality at Work. And... Uh, what we did is, in the chapters, we talked a little bit about the theory in the Berkman, and at the end of each chapter, we talked about a different application, because there are so many, it, in some ways, it's kind of the Swiss Army knife of, of assessments. Um, it really has, uh, one, one consultant calls it from recruitment to retirement kind of application opportunity, but even beyond the workplace, we've had so much success with college and high school students, with uh, married couples, engaged couples, with uh, planning for uh, encore careers or, you know, the people now living as long as we do oftentimes look at a second or even a third career in a lifetime. Uh, so pretty much any time you have people involved, you can find a way that this information can be really opportune and beneficial. And I know I mentioned to you when we spoke initially about the interview, Sharon, that I used it for my son, who is now a, a sophomore in college, and really just to map out his uh, his college career and where he was going to, uh, what he was going to major in. And, and it certainly worked really well, and he enjoys his major so much. And I did the same with my daughter as a sophomore in high school. 
to map out her uh, high school career. And now, it, as she's a junior now, we're doing the same as we go for go forth in um, in planning her college career. And so I can tell you as a parent, I'm so appreciative of this because when I was in college, I had no idea. And it was one of those, you know, where do you shoot your arrow <laughs> to, to, you know, to choose and, a major? I would say the vast majority of students, they have an inkling, but really there's a... From, Really, I, I'm sure that at least 80% of them uh, are worried that they're, they really are pretty clueless. And oftentimes, the parents with the best intentions in the world will urge a particular career that they may see as offering security or a financial, you know, a compensation. And that may be okay, but it might be totally the wrong direction for the student. And I, I had a, a client I, I shared with you where her parents encouraged her based on just the financial um, opportunities for her mm-hmm. to study accounting. And, and she even got a master's degree in it and really never used it and was miserable uh, in that. And once I showed her her report, and this was many years ago, um, when we showed her and reviewed her score, she then totally understood why accounting was not about the best fit for her mm-hmm. so yeah I mean so we, we've seen it and so I, I see it in so many uh, different lights and see the value and benefits in so many different ways especially being a parent who pays for college tuition <laughs> yes I mean there yeah. really is a strong financial incentive to make the better choice from the get-go uh, you know, and it's it's financial. There's a huge investment in sending any child to college, but also the health and well-being, mental health of your student. When when they're trying to swim upstream in the wrong major, you know, we know that smart people can achieve or can do anything for a while, but we also know that long-term. Uh, feeling of satisfaction, engagement, especially once they leave college and they're in a job, if the fit isn't isn't a reasonable fit, and at least one of the things they do in their job coincides with one of their top interests, they're just not going to stay engaged. And overall, even even though there's a paycheck and they may feel tethered to that. Uh, the, the employer won't get the best value, and they won't be as he- happy and healthy as they could have been had they found a better fit. So it's it's terribly important. I, I would say very, very important. And that sense of fulfillment and contribution that people have, I see that so often with my clients in my coaching practice where they they are really looking to have that sense of fulfillment and that certainly as you as you read the berkman and and show their interests and passions uh they're able to do that more effectively so it's a wonderful opportunity oh, absolutely. there absolutely and and sometimes you know a person will have one of their top we always urge them to pay special attention to their top 3 or 4 interests and mm-hmm. if one of those top ones is something that is just in no way part of their daily job, then the, and even if it's the CEO, you say, you know, I've seen many CEOs who had a very high uh, either musical or artistic interest, and they go, no, I don't see how that factors into my, that doesn't really 
enter into my workday at all, then we say, well, then that's really important in your personal life. So make sure you include that on weekends or for recreation because it's going to majorly recharge your batteries. And when you go back to work, you're going to feel so much more um, enthusiastic about what you need to do. A true story on that was um, an executive at a Fortune 100 company was being given a Berkman feedback by one of our our clients in the Pacific Northwest, and he he said, you know, I noticed it was a female manager and she was over several thousand people, and he said, I see you have a 95 percentile outdoor score, and and the Berkman only goes up to 99, so you you know from context that's a really significant score. And, and he said, with your responsibility and how much you need to be in charge of people and at the office, how do you, how do you do that? And she, she laughed and she said, oh, you know, I cannot wait when I get home. I go charging through the house, jumping into my gardening clothes, and spend as much time outside in my, my garden, my yard, as I possibly can before it's dark. Because, you know, I used to think I... You know, until this moment, I thought, silly me, you know, why do I waste my time like that? And the the Berkman consultant said, oh, take that backpack of guilt off your off your back, because actually what you're doing is you're making yourself a better manager when you go back to work the next day. Absolutely. When Whenever I see a high outdoor score, I encourage those people to always get outside. That's that's the recharge. Yeah. That's the they, reset that is for sure the recharge, and we even have one. Our IT director here at Berkman has a high outdoor, and she, her product. She says she smiles and says, "You know, my productivity jumped uh, a quantum leap when I got to move from an inner office to an office with a big window in it." You so bet. Even, sure. even something <laughs> as simple as having a view uh, during the day, and then being able to get outside. You know, after work and on the weekends to go camping, biking, hiking, whatever, you know, whatever they enjoy doing outdoors is it's not a take it or leave it proposition. It's really something they need like a plant needs water. Right, right. I saw a teacher, this was a few years back, a teacher who had a high outdoor score, and and I asked him what he did, and he took a lap around the building every single day, even in the winter, in a, in a Chicago winter, Ooh. and that, that's how he charged himself every day, was doing that. And, and uh-huh. much better with the students, too, as a result of doing that. Well, you know, he was doing important self-care. Sure, and, and I think that is a big message from the Berkman is for leadership or for uh, any employee, any person, anywhere. Uh, it has to start first. We take care of ourselves so that we can better take care of those we love and the, and those that we work with. It's not unlike the message they give you on the airplane where they say, you know, in the event of a, an emergency, the oxygen mask is going to drop down. If you're sitting by a child or someone who needs assistance, put the mask on yourself first so that you get enough oxygen, then help the person next to you. Sure. So, sure. And, and really, okay. that is the same concept. If you, if you, if you look at, the, at your own Berkman and do what you, you should be doing to take good self-awareness care, then you're going to be able to help those around you so much more effectively. And often people think it's just the opposite, uh, Sharon, mm-hmm. where they, they think that, you know, they have to 
take care of others first. But really, I often say to clients, when you when your cup is overflowing, then you have a lot more to share with others That's by taking so care of yourself. It's, it's absolutely right. Um, no, it's not. It's not selfish because you're you're actually being healthier in every sense of the word, so that there's you have more capability to give to others. And so your cup's overflowing, so there's plenty to share. Right. Right. I want to ask you really quickly about your vision and mission with Berkman International and what you hold as a leader and where you see your organization going. Well, for one thing, we plan to to stay in in uh, integrity with the vision that that my both my parents had. Actually, my mom was in a sense co-founder with dad, and he oftentimes used to say that had it not been for her sacrifice in the early years and and the determination and strength of her commitment, he never would have made it through the first 25 or 30 years. So my, my mission is to continue to keep this vision strong as he had it, but to also grow into more corporations. I see more opportunities coming in major leadership programs, exec ed programs, MBA, entrepreneurship programs. Um, I would love to see more students being able to front at the end of high school or the you know the even end of college going to grad school at every juncture i'd like to see us have the opportunity to help them make more right choices about their futures so we're we've got um we've got the goal of expanding into more translations and and continuing to grow into more companies more colleges more churches and synagogues and pretty much anywhere where, where we can know that, that there are people there that can benefit from, from this kind of awareness. And what a great vision to hold because, again, as we continue to see the value of this tool and the value of the method, uh, it can benefit in so many ways. And certainly uh, we see over and over and over again a great financial opportunity for, you know, just financial resources being saved, um, you know, because of the information that the Berkman holds. And I, I had a client a couple of years back who took the report and said to me that he said, Fee, every junior in high school needs to take this report. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, uh, I concur. I, I feel exactly that way. So, um, you know, we're going to do our do our best out here to just keep plugging away and keep getting it into the schools and to the school districts so that the uh, the students can value and benefit from it as well as uh, people in the corporate world or you know in, in 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 marriage counseling or coaching or any of that. I mean, because the the uh, benefits are so vast. Oh, thank you, Fee. And actually, an important aspect of our growth is people like you. It's, uh, our consultant base is really the majority of our strength. You know, people sometimes think that we must have more resources at our home office in Houston than we actually have. But, you know, we've got a core team there of about 20 people. And the reason we're all over the world is because of certified, qualified consultants 
that really truly are our arms, our legs, our voices, and 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 the strength of them being that bridge between us providing the uh, the validation and the science and the technology for the assessment and for the translations. But then they have to be the ones to take it to the student, to the worker, to the couple that really can, in the end, be be the beneficiaries. So your role is critically, vitally important to us. Yeah, I, I and I'm I'm here doing it with with great service in mind. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. What does creme de la creme mean? It's the greatness of living, the willingness to be the best. It's living beyond what you know is possible with no limitation. Access Consciousness presents Creme de la Creme, a program that empowers you to choose and create the life you would like to have and entices you into being who you are, not who others would have you be. It's the best of the best. It's the finer things in life. It's brilliant. It's fun. It's exciting. Join us for Creme de la Creme every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. We're back with Sharon Berkman Fink talking about the Berkman Method. And Sharon, it's really evident that your passions just really kind of come through uh, the airwaves here. And so I want to talk to you about what you're most passionate about in using the Berkman Method. At the end of the day, I think what warms my heart the most is is a little bit about what I mentioned earlier. When I see people, when I see the walls of defensiveness come down and I, I see people learning to say, oh, that's the way I am and that's okay. It's, it's all right to be me. It's all right to be genuinely, authentically who I am and be interested in the things that I love to do and spend time on that. And you see this great sigh of relief, many times tears. You know, we used to tell consultants when they got certified, be sure you have a box of Kleenex somewhere handy because very often people feel like they've been heard, 
noticed, validated in a way that they may not have ever experienced before. And I think for me, it's just that is one of the miracles of my job and why I feel so grateful, so blessed to be in this role. Well, there, there is such a degree of self-acceptance that I've noticed with people. And then that self-acceptance as you work in teams, that, that, you know, that acceptance of others really comes forth. I know last year I was running a workshop and one of the leaders had hired me to come in and uh, do a review with her team. And one of the, one of the uh, team members was, um, you know, she had a judgment that be, because she wasn't a snap, the leader was not a snap decision maker. Mm-hmm. And uh, once we showed the scores about how that leader had a high thought score, had a high thought need score mm-hmm. and usual style, um, then she really understood that that was just who she was rather than a weakness or a deficiency. Yes in a leader, and I was so pleased with seeing that result. It was wonderful. That is so important. And I, I think it, it gets back to what we said earlier. If, if you can start by accepting the, the needs and the strengths of who you are, it's much easier to be open to accepting how other people uh, compliment you. So, for example, if you're a thought leader or if you're a leader who has that high need for thought, which many of them do, what, that mean, what I tell them off the bat is, for starters, you're never going to be guilty of ready, fire, aim. You're never going to be too impulsive. Now, on the other hand, you need your colleagues to kind of maybe sometimes help you along, hurry you along, because you don't want to get into paralysis analysis. And you don't want to, you know, find the bus has left the station because you're still thinking about it. So that's where, again, the power of two or more helps balance out. So the quicker thought person on the team helps bring in logical arguments. The high thought person processes it as they see fit and and ultimately feels like they're empowered to make a decision they can be comfortable with. But they don't hang around so long that, again, they miss the boat. Right. And what, what great teamwork concepts that are being built as a result of that. Absolutely. Then she, she or he sees how, okay, if my strength is that I'm going to think things through very cautiously, very thoroughly, I'm going to look at all those shades of gray, all that ambiguity, that's my strength. But I don't, it, you know, what, what's interesting is that our, our very thing that we're the strongest in, if we're not careful, can flip upside down and become our greatest liability. So the, 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 the strength of a smart leaders, emotionally intelligent, if you will, leadership, is being totally eyes wide open about, hey, this is what I bring to the table, but I need you guys to counterbalance that. So it's, it, the, the key is the word balance. You know, the, the quick decision maker helps to balance the slow decision maker, and between the two, you get the best results. Absolutely. Now, as you look at most successful leaders, Sharon, um, in organizations, is there one trait that you see as a common denominator, or are there successful people with, uh, with different Berkman scores? Yeah, that's another great question, and it's one that I get fairly often, and people will say, well, what does make a good CEO or leader or president? 
the answer is varied because we have to come back and say, well, what kind of industry is it? What size company is it? And by the way, yeah, there are sometimes certain common denominators within particular groups or industries, but for the most part, the answer is no. There is not just one style that can make a powerful, effective leader. Probably the most telling feature is that quality we just discussed, and that is the openness to seeing what you yourself as a leader can contribute and then having the wisdom to choose the team uh, colleagues to work with you and around you that are very different from you in style, that bring what you don't have to the table. But it, it's the Collins, Jim Collins thing about putting this, you know, the, the right guys on the bus. And that probably is the biggest tell uh, of a powerful leader. And, and, you know, Berkman can be a very useful tool in figuring that out. Definitely. It it really is such a useful tool in figuring that out. I know um, a charity organization that I did some work for uh, at the latter part of last year, um, they had, you know, different strengths, and, and we talked about how they use those different strengths as building the charity, and it's really a charity that's thriving, and it's so great to see. Oh, that is. You know, when it works, it's just, it, it's so fulfilling for those of us who bring the Berkman to these teams and see, when you see the smiles and the understanding and those light bulbs going on, then you go, okay, that's really why we get up and come to work every day. It's, right. it's so exciting to see. Right. As president and CEO, where would you say are your greatest growth opportunities with the Berkman Method? Me personally or uh, the company? With the company. The company. Um, well, one of the things that we, I'm planning a trip to South Korea in June. We have a major client over there that's going gangbusters. We're expanding into South Africa just recently. Uh, we're already, you know, pretty, pretty well ensconced in Europe, but obviously there's plenty more opportunity to grow there. And, and I do, we're going into Harvard Business School this fall and this coming spring in a much bigger way than we were before. Berkman is already used, though, at quite a few schools in business and MBA programs, uh, schools like Emory and UCLA, UT, U of H, and, and you know, probably 25 or 30 others that I could rattle off. So I, I see, it, for me personally, because I am the former teacher, I love the education market. And I think that's our future, for one thing. And it's so important if you can help uh, college students and young professionals when, when, they're, when they're coming to learn how to be good managers and good leaders. So I, that, that's a place that has a lot of my time and attention at the moment. But certainly, I also would like to see Berkman uh, penetrate deeper into organizations, uh, nonprofit and for-profit, where in the past, we've oftentimes been used just for the leadership team or the managers at the mid or high level. I'd like to see us find ways to be broader and deeper and be used on a more daily basis within, you know, medium to large-sized corporations as well. I think that that's, those are two of my big goals for the next few years. 
Well, sure. If you think about it, it makes so much sense to have an organization uh, work more effectively and more efficiently together. Again, it really does impact the bottom line on so many different levels. And so it's, it's just a great investment for companies to bring this in because of that efficiency and also relationships. It you know, really I mean, does. One of my dad's best friends has a very um, thriving company here in Houston, and um, it's called Southwest Electronics, and they do these huge batteries for, for the oil rigs because, you know, we're, we're the energy capital of the world here. Well, not, not of the world, but we, we have a lot of oil and gas in Houston. Yes. And, um, and he, he has used Berkman throughout his entire company, and it has thrived with incredible retention. He uses it to onboard every single employee, and everybody gets the benefit of the Berkman. I would love to see more companies be able to do that. And, and realize those kinds of benefits. So that's another goal. I have to find ways to make it easier for them to achieve that goal. Right, sure. And I think just in in getting these uh, leaders that are in these organizations and companies to really see the benefits, um, the light bulb moments do definitely go off. I, I, can, I can assure you of that. I know you mentioned... Uh, writing your book, The Berkman mm-hmm. Method, Your Personality at Work. Um, and I'm curious about your inspiration in writing the book. What was your inspiration in writing the book? And I know, uh, I don't know your Berkman report or scores, but does it support a high literary score? Oh, you bet. Uh, my literary score caps out at 99, out of 99. So, so needless to say, it was a real joy for me to have that opportunity. One of the, one of the motivations behind the book was to have something that could be sort of a calling card or door opener where if, if I wanted to visit with someone and have a, uh, an opportunity to hand them a, an introduction, if you will, to what the Berkman's all about. And it's, it's packed with, you know, as my co-writer said, the chocolate chips in the, in the cookie dough are 65 actual consultant, named consultant stories about how they use Berkman in their various consulting practices and in all the for-profit, non-profit organizations. And, and these are, you know, they're all named and all gave us permission. And I think having the true stories sprinkled all through the book as examples really kind of helps bring it to life. But I wanted people to have the opportunity to kind of see what it's all about even before they took it or once they got their own Berkman report, to have something to read more about it and have a little deeper understanding. Maybe they're not going to actually come and be a certified consultant, but they would have a handbook that gives them more richness and more detail to understand their own report or to interest somebody else in the idea that maybe taking a Berkman would be a, great, would be a good idea for themselves or their, or their corporation. Well, that certainly energized you quite a bit with a 99 literary score. And, it really and is, did. It was one of the most, one of the most challenging and, and fulfilling things I've ever done in my life. Uh, and like I said, going up to New York and working with Stephanie, uh, who she wrote a book on leadership that was a New York Times bestseller in 2000 called Leadership Lessons from the Antarctic, Shackleton's Way. And, uh, that, and I thought that she did such a great job with that. When I first met her, I said, you know, we can just follow a formula rather similar to that and 
we we just we became great friends, had a wonderful time for about a year and a half working on this book. As soon as we sent out our proposal, Josie Bass, within 24 hours, who's owned by Wiley, said, we love your idea, we want to be your publisher. So, like I say, the rest was history, and we were really, we're still great friends today. And she's become a Berkman consultant and says that when she retires from the Wall Street Journal, she wants to do consulting full time. <laughs> so, How wonderful is that? <laughs> that was a fun, a fun ending for it, for our project. Very, very fun. Well, we are wrapping up here and out of time. Uh, I am so appreciative of you sharing so many valuable insights about the Berkman Method, Sharon, and, and for you taking the time to be with us today. I do want to say that for those of you who are interested in getting an individual or a team Berkman assessment, please just send me an email at fee at directconnectcoaching.com. My clients are always amazed at the report's accuracy and what it can show to can show them uh, let me know of any results that you have with the boomerang mo- movement i enjoy sharing your stories and as always thank you to the men and women who serve our great country have an inspired week and be sure to join me next week for my interview with chicago beers head coach mark tressman <laughs> Thank you again for joining us this week on Direct Connect Empowerment. Fima Zanke will be back with another guest next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then.